Zero, Season 3, Episode 49. I'm your host today, Jenna Anderson. BD is feeling a little under the weather after his trip to Brazil, but he is here in spirit and in the comment section, which we love. Um, joining me today is Jamie Jarak. Good morning. It's a trio day. Let's go. And Aaron Perrine. What's going on, guys? Excited to talk about all of this stuff. Yes, we have a lot of news to break down this week. I was like, between the three of us, we can talk about all of these news items for like two hours. So I think we're good. Um, but before we get into that, we have some bonus episodes to tease. I know uh, Jamie and Aaron have an episode that is debuting this Friday. Can you guys kind of tease what people have to look forward to? Yeah, Aaron, you should do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, we have fun for you if you like the one $200 million movie that made a profit at the box office this year. You can you can say what it is. Like we're ripping the band-aid off. We're telling people what it is. So okay. Well, we talked to the VFX team from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We have a bunch of people. In fact, so many people, me and Jerry put on our ringleader hats to make sure everybody could talk because it's like six people, seven people, an army. Only a smaller <laughs> version of the actual army that it takes to make the movie. Um, so we should think you'll really enjoy our conversation about all the parts of the movie you guys really love. It was so much to talk about and so many people that we tried to do the best we could. We talked yeah, about I, a lot of it. Two interviewers and four interviewees is like, I, I've never experienced that before. It was like a, it was a fun, like puzzle challenge, but we got a good amount of time with them. And this is some really interesting stuff. And because of it, I watched Guardians 3 for the fourth time. So that was the bonus part for me. We love to see it. I cannot wait to listen to that interview, especially just to see the logistics of how you guys worked that out. It sounds like you had a lot of fun. Me and um, Jamie went ahead and did some jump roping to learn how to switch with each other, to <laughs> learn how to tag and tag out of it. So it worked. I love it. Um, so that is coming this Friday. And then next Friday, tentatively, we will have a Disney Plus show rankings episode. So for everyone who knows how chaotic our rankings episodes get, we have one on the horizon to look forward to. Jamie is already losing <laughs> her mind <laughs> i wonder what all our number ones will be <laughs> <laughs> there's no way of knowing no way of knowing whatsoever um but yeah so those are our bonus episodes to look forward to on the horizon but today we have a lot of marvel news so we will just dive right into it beginning with uh ryan reynolds issued a statement this morning uh regarding the deluge of deadpool 3 set photos that have surfaced on the internet we are not going to talk about what is in those photos we're not going to talk about where to find those photos if you want to you can go find them them, but just know that they probably are going to spoil stuff that you would probably rather see in the movie itself. Um, and so he issued a statement this morning saying, surprises are part of the magic of the, the of theatrical movies. It's important to us to shoot the new Deadpool film in real natural environments using practical effects as opposed to making the movie indoors and digitally. Telephoto lenses continue to spoil surprises and create a difficult situation for everyone. Here's hoping some of the websites and social channels holding back, sh- hold back showing images before they're ready. The film is built to for audience joy and our highest hope is to preserve as much of that magic as possible for the finished film and the big screen. Part of the reason people post spoilers is because they're excited. I realize these aren't real world issues and it's firmly in the good problems bucket. How do we feel about this statement? I really like this statement. Um, I think it's because I think it's good to acknowledge like I know this isn't like a real problem, but it's a problem for us. It's a problem for like us who whose lives revolve around these things. It's it is such a bummer. I've been trying so hard to avoid 
these things. But when you do what we do, it's like nearly impossible. And uh, and it sucks as a fan. And it's just we've talked about this so much, but I, I'll never understand why people get bring joy out of ruining these things when like the the surprise in the the two surprises in the Marvels not knowing that was such a joy and it was the first time i think this year that i got to feel that in a while and i don't stop taking that away from us people with cameras aaron how do you feel about it i mean i i've, I've been on record with this i feel like the whole spoiler centric culture scooper culture has really diminished more of the feelings about these movies than the actual movies themselves because going into the movie theater and not knowing what's happening is less and less likely for anybody who's watching the show, because if you watch the show, you're you're in deep. We're 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 in deep deep territory. We're deep down the MCU iceberg. If you're down here watching Phase Zero, which thank you, keep watching. Um, it, it's it's going to be hard. It's only going to be harder to like escape these things as things go by. I mean, you can only have Andrew Garfield play the werewolf so long before <laughs> we all just don't trust you. Shout out to Jamie. They're all liars. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my legacy. I'm so glad that <laughs> moment got clipped and shared on Twitter. Um, I agree with Aaron completely. I feel like I tweeted this when the Marvel's stuff got spoiled for the Marvel's before the press screenings could even happen over in the States. It's, it's like having Christmas or having your birthday and a day before that day, some weirdo posts a picture of all of your presents on Twitter. You're going to like Christmas or your birthday a little bit less. Like that's categorically true. And so I think this is a very similar situation where people are less excited because they know so much going in. And yes, that's just a fraction of the audience. There are so many people who don't follow any of this on the internet and still go watch the movies. But I think it definitely has an impact on the culture. And I'm glad that Ryan's actually saying something about it because it's ridiculous. Um, so speaking of Deadpool and Foxverse related things. Oh, the Foxverse. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart teased a possible return in Secret Wars. Come on, boy. We, we know. Come on. So he talked to Etalk and he said, I could not put it to rest because it's not a fact, either for or against. It is a possibility. Hugh Jackman and I looked upon Logan as being our farewell, given that I died in that film, although I've been told I've actually died several times already. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You're no Coulson, but you're up there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things because Patrick Stewart is a classy older gentleman and he's not a liar. So he's like, maybe we'll see because he's not going to say no because he knows better because he has integrity. I am just in awe of your Patrick Stewart impression. That was just beautiful. That was so good. Um, I like you said, he he doesn't have a reason to lie about this stuff. So I'm glad he's being honest about it. And I'm glad that he is acknowledging how much Charles dies in canon because it is kind of a recurring gag at this point. Can I say that I think he's gonna die two more times before we get to Secret Wars? Like minimum. <laughs> he gonna he gonna bite it two more times. You heard it here first. Uh I I'm very happy too that they don't really like him and Patty Lapone and uh Alfred Molina have yeah. like some sort of anti-Feige shield where they don't get <laughs> sniped if they say things into a microphone. Yeah. So protect him at all costs. It's because know. they're actors. <laughs> That's why. Also, Alfred Molina has like uh the protection of a very powerful wife. So <laughs> That is true. That is that's very a, true. true. Uh, do we think he's going to be in Secret Wars? Like, it's it's a foregone conclusion, I feel like, at this point. But how do y'all feel? Yeah. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I think we're seeing uh, the, his his sureness next year. 
Mm. Interesting. And then he's probably going to bite it in that movie too, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just like Kenny and South Park just like keep finding in- increasingly ridiculous ways to kill him off. That would be the dream. Um, so speaking of dead characters and them possibly returning, uh, this quote kind of broke the internet over the weekend. Um, Kevin Feige was quoted in a Vanity Fair profile of Robert Downey Jr. and was asked if they would resurrect Iron Man. And he said, we are going to keep that moment and not touch that moment again. We all worked very hard for many years to get that. And we would never want to magically undo it in any way. Um, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, We all know what this means. (laughs) (laughs) It's dumb. Like, yeah, we're not going to get our Tony Stark back. We know that. That's fine. We're going to see Robert Downey Jr. Come on. I don't know if you guys saw my text, though. I explained this to my mother and she was not excited about it. I saw that. That was (laughs) My mother was like, oh, not exciting. (laughs) So we don't, Kafagi doesn't have mom, but no, I'm sorry. This is just, it's just words. It's the words of liars who think they're being (laughs) clever, but we know. I because I've also seen a second camp of people believing that just Downey already turned them down because it's like I'm gonna probably get an Oscar nomination I have this like next act of my career I don't need to come back which like I would believe that if the if it possibly was the case but I do believe we're gonna get him back just in a multiversal context like they're just not going to undo the moment that we got with 616 Tony Stark when he tra- when he comes out there in that awful uh, superior style Iron Man, like whatever the one where he's silver and he's yeah. uh, tech bro from San Francisco, yeah. uh, everybody prepare yourselves now. Jim Viscardi hates that costume, so I'm kind of rooting for that to happen just so I can <laughs> see what happens with Jim because he'll lose his mind. It's great. Oh, my God. Now I need that to happen, too. <laughs> That'd be so good. Amazing. Um, and then speaking of Downey, uh, he and Mark Ruffalo did a little variety actors on actors thing. And there was one bit from that that was delightful. So, Aaron, if you want to. Oh, sure. Uh, so they're talking to each other, actors, actors between two ferns looking uh, set up, <laughs> nice chairs. And <laughs> Downey said that they, they kind of didn't understand what they'd be talking about all the time. So he said, well, I mean, in the Marvel days, everything might change. Or we're talking to a tennis ball. You and I, the science bros, we would have these long passages about absolute gobbledygook. But it's still important to us because we know it's important to the characters. And that's funny. That's really silly. Gobbledygook, top tier Scrabble word. Um, (laughs) We hear this more and more with the actors where they're like, I don't really understand what the heck I'm saying or whatever. But I think that's just, I guess, like part and parcel because there's all sorts of projects where they're like, I don't really get what's going on. Me and Jamie love Michael Keaton talking about any of this stuff because he's always in a constant haze of I don't know what the heck is happening I just they, I just go where they tell me to stand on the x and I say the words and the checks appear in my hand and I buy more cool jackets what do you guys think about it I agree like this feels like a staple of superhero media at this point I feel like there's so many like actors from the Arrowverse too who have been like I don't know what I'm saying or if it's even the field of science that my character supposedly does so I'm glad that like Dowdy and Ruffalo are acknowledging this I also saw another bit from their interview going around where apparently like they were kind of flirting with each other so everyone was like if you shipped science bros in 2012 you are very very vindicated right now so it just I'm glad this this interview exists because it seems like it was a blessing I haven't watched the interview yet. It's I, have, I need to do that and the Barbenheimer one. They're yes. on my agenda for this week. But it makes me think of that Friends joke where Joey does the smell the fart acting where he has to like think about the really long medical words that he doesn't know what they mean before he says them. Um, like, I would be so bad. At, I'm so bad at pronouncing things. I Like, this would be a nightmare. Like, I would have to get a script and everything would have to be phonetic for me to understand what was happening. Same, honestly. I I think that if they do any bits, more bits for Loki, it should just be Tom Hiddleston and OB 
doing like tongue twisters at each other because both of them, Kiki and Tom are very good at just doing the weird science techno babble thing. I completely agree with that. That would be great. Um, so we are going to take a quick one minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Marvels, Blade, Thunderbolts, a lot of MCU stuff on the horizons. So stay tuned. zero uh we are going to talk about a subject that has been very contentious on the show we've we've talked about it a lot lately uh we're going to talk about the marvels and its box office and the recent decisions made by disney regarding that um so over the weekend it was announced that uh disney will no longer be reporting the box office results of the marvels in part because it had fallen out of the top 10 highest grossing for that weekend um and then a couple days before that bob Iger was at a kind of tech media conference and he addressed the underperformance of the marvels and gave a really weird reason his quote was the marvels was shot during covid and there wasn't enough supervision on set from executives i i need to address that first because first of all i've, I've seen tweets of people saying that is just across the board with marvel like that's not that is not a problem usually exclusive to this movie i'm reading the mcu reign of marvel studios book and just seeing that be a problem uh, even with some phase one movies is really really interesting but it, that's such a weird thing to blame it on also because that's not a thing that audiences can detect when determining whether or not they're going to go see this movie. So I think that excuse is wild. How do we feel about that? Speaking of gobbledygook that comes out of your mouth that is meaningless, I, someone get him uh, and, and, and teach him some word mouth things. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is he talking about? Like, first of all, uh, I have had this conversation so many times. I've had it twice this week where someone's like i heard the marvels is really bad and i'm like no the box office is bad look at those scores that run those rotten tomato scores that's a 60 something percent and an 80 something percent on there that isn't bad that's the that's a that critic score is much better than quantum mania i'll tell you that right now like to say like Iger's equating this box office with how the movie is and that's just not a fact the this is not about what was made done on set at this movie this is about marketing this is about a strike that occurred during this this is about fatigue this is about people thinking they have to have homework it is not about what was going on on that set and i'm sorry but they are laying down things against night acosta for this that is just shocking the way that headlines are everything it's like they're putting it on this woman oh wow i'm so surprised to hear that uh it's just it's it's so infuriating and uh, it sucks that this happened at the box office and it sucks and it's our job to talk about it because it makes me so sad but to say that it's because there wasn't supervision from a studio on set is just the biggest load of nonsense i've ever heard i applause i completely agree <laughs> aaron aaron how do you feel um i already pointed out that Livy Scott over Inverse has a great, great piece about this very idea that you cannot, in one hand, champion diversity and love Ryan Coogler and the things that he has brought to the franchise or shout out to Destin, what he did with Shang-Chi or whatever, and then also hide your hands when things do not go well, because this was not supported the way that a lot of these big projects end up being supported. Like, I, I, I haven't seen a commercial probably since opening weekend that's probably a problem i mean i know wish is going on and they need the push behind that it sucks that it freaking debuted against beyonce like that was pro that's gonna be a problem um there are much other there are, as J jamie so eloquently put out there are other higher order concerns 
for why the box office looks the way it did. Also, underrating, apparently, the hilarious, strong, strong support for a Hunger Games franchise that I didn't think needed that movie, but apparently really wanted it. So... Those are things I feel like are more attributable. He's 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 fighting a lot of battles on a bunch of different fronts, I think, uh, for sure. And tries to like there's another funnier part of this to me where he talks about like, I'm not going to apologize for doing sequels. Also, we do too many sequels (laughs) in that same interview, which is like very funny because it's like I didn't grab my feet on Eddie Murphy's couch. Of course, I have my feet on Eddie Murphy's couch to it where I'm like, it was five seconds ago. You just said um, so. Yeah, it sucks that they get uh that, that she's getting sacrificed up here. But I, I do I expect anything else? No. I will say with the marketing of it all, because like I, I'll keep ABC on in the background, and like they did show ads maybe in like the second weekend of like number one movie in the world or whatever, and then it has completely dropped off. The only ads that I really see for like a recent movie are uh, promoting Dial of Destiny being on Disney Plus. Like there yes. have been like three times the amount of ads for that than I ever saw for the Marvels on TV, which is kind of wild. So I it like I echo everything that you guys just said. I think they're throwing this movie and they're throwing Naya to the wolves, and it really really sucks because this movie is delightful it is not at all like jamie said the quality is not reflected at all by the box office that has never been the case but it is especially not the case in the world of comic book movies there are some really great comic book movies that have not made money there are some not great comic book movies that have made tons and tons of money so it just sucks that this movie is further proving that point and that we're kind of in this situation but i i don't know if this movie was released in may if they had delayed it and kept it exactly the same and just put it out the first weekend of may that normal start of summer slot that they normally have i think this conversation would be massively different like we would not be here at all and so it's just so many circumstances and it just it sucks it does it does Mm. let's talk about something let's talk about something else yes (laughs) (laughs) um so we got uh, Mahershala talking about Blade being back on track. He's talking to EW about it, and he said, we're working on it, and that's the best I can tell you. I'm really encouraged with the direction of the project, and I think we'll be back at it relatively soon. So it seems that our star is happy with some of the recent whatever recalibration or whatever you want to call it. Is, uh, are people feeling better about this now? Now that we actually have the person themselves saying how they feel about the project rather than the weird backdoor whispering? One day I will believe that Blade's a real movie. Not today, but like this is helping me believe that it is eventually going to be a real movie. Was this quote just in print or could we hear it? I think it's in print. Okay, because I'm I kind of read it as a little deflated, but I, I need to hear how we said it. Like, that's the best I could tell you. Like, I may, but maybe I'm just because I we've heard so many things about this movie. I just I'm I just want it to be so good. Um, but like this reads like a statement that he has to say other than but i don't know because it's just words it's not i don't hear an inflection or anything so maybe i'm just projecting my own feelings of nervousness uh but i hope that the encouragement is real because you know how i feel about vampires in the mcu uh i am ready my body is ready mahershala so uh, i hope i hope i hope I now that you pointed that out, I am just reading it in the most like deflated monotone voice possible. Like (laughs) we're working on it like but I hope you're right. I hope this eventually becomes a real movie because I would love to see that if that actually happens. If you listen to RPK, they start filming soonish, like sooner than anyone thinks. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's interesting. 
yeah. and also the stuff about the budget too. I mean, there's a cause for optimism and the rating too, wasn't it? Didn't they say it was gonna be R? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we're in we're in uncharted territory, so I don't know. Here's hoping. Um, speaking of other upcoming movies that are on the horizon, uh, oh. Jamie has a very big quote to read about Thunderbolts. Uh, Wyatt Russell uh, spoke to Josh Horowitz from MTV about Thunderbolts. Uh, he said, I know director Jake Schreier so well. I know how smart Jake is and how he cares about making something interesting and different and utilizing everyone's talents to the best of their ability. And the story I think they've come up with is really interesting. I know parts of the story and how they and how the story works. I can't talk about it, but it's not a straightforward Marvel movie as you've seen in the past. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I think it will be something hopefully Marvel fans we'll look at and go oh okay this is a little different let's go hard at it and as far as how we are approaching it it's time to go to work a little bit it's time to make a good marvel movie so let's do that and work hard at it and don't take things for granted <laughs> when this quote first dropped it, it's like we shared it in the night cruise like slack at work and everyone was just like take a drink every time someone says this isn't a typical marvel movie because it mm -hmm. feels like that happens all the time but what he is saying is very interesting and makes me optimistic i just like i hope that they put their money where their mouth is and it's not just oh this is like something we heard that about eternals we've heard that about so many superhero movies and that hasn't necessarily come to pass i mean eternals I is different it's like Shot on on uh, sand. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. I was gonna say I I I don't know how different you can be with a team like this. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm so excited for this movie, and I I really like White Russell. I do think the the to make a good Mar the way he said that makes it seem like he was implying there's been some bad Marvel movies, which I don't know. But yeah, the whole like we're it's gonna be different. I, I I'm you know there have been listen phase four was was the phase of difference. There was a lot of different stuff popping up in that phase, whether you liked it or not. But I just don't know how Thunderbolts, the most different we can get is like, here's a board. Even though David Harper thinks we're not allowed to talk about it, here's a board is going to be there. I feel like different could theoretically mean like grittier, more violent, like borrowing from, you know, the Suicide Squad of it all. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like it, there, there's a lot of room, especially based off of like what we have heard and what Robert Kirkman has already spoiled about this movie for them to possibly do something different. I just don't know what that actually means. I love the like weird little Robert Kirkman shout out because, yeah, I'm about to say he's our source for most of the stuff about this movie, right? Um, At this point, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I laughed because I started thinking about it. And I was like, wow, that boy has a punchable face. And then I tried to digest the rest of the stuff he was saying because I just remember Falcon Winter Soldier and being like, oh, boy, punchable face factor, 8,004. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I guess so. Like, we still don't know much about this one either. Like, it's gone undergone significant rewrites and stuff as well. Our, our good friend, Eddie Park, has had to, like, retract things. I think that the quote that I'm joking around about is why, Jamie, and you are so excited for this movie. Because if it is just Black Widow 2, there is a strong section of the fan base that's going to be like, hooray! <laughs> I, all I can say is, is like... Bring, bring it on and then this is supposed to be start filming before uh the end of next year or two again you know there's reason to hope which is sometimes that's all we can ask for on the show <laughs> um so we're gonna take another quick one minute break and when we come back we have some spider-man updates and some talk about king dynasty so stay tuned
phase zero. Uh, we still have a lot to talk about on this show, beginning with some Spider-Man 4 updates. Uh, Jamie has another big quote to read. <laughs> oh, here I go again. Tom Holland addresses Spider-Man 4. Uh, he spoke to Collider and he said, all I can say is that we have been actively engaging in conversations about what it could potentially look like for a fourth rendition of my character. Whether or not we can find a way to do justice to the character is another thing. I feel very protective over Spider-Man. I feel very, very lucky that we were able to work on a franchise that got better with each movie and got more successful with each movie, which I think is really rare. And I want to protect his legacy. So I won't make another one for the sake of making another one. It will have to be worth the while of the character i admire that i think that is a very good outlook to have it just seems like you know sony and marvel wanting money kind of gets in the way of that but let's hope that he his like intuition regarding it is right and like what we've heard so much scuttlebutt and so many rumors about spider-man 4 we've talked about them i feel like every single week on the show for the past month but it feels like if any of that ends up being true it could end up working so i don't know we'll just have to see I mean, they're making another one. Like, the, the rights cannot revert. So yeah. we, we're making another Spider-Man 4, whether it's you, whether it's Andrew, whether it's some other person, we don't know yet, you know? Uh, Matthew Lenz is still out there. He could probably fit into the suit. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, I, I think we're going to learn where this is getting announced at Comic-Con next year, like, for uh-huh. sure, or whatever, like that, or CinemaCon. Like, there will be an announcement of, here's your fourth one without much other information because we can never learn the names of these this franchise's movies until like three months beforehand you know <laughs> through somebody's weird iphone 2 <laughs> or through like a t-shirt that got uploaded on zazzle probably. right exactly <laughs> i just remember i wore flashbacks to the show where the like biggest news item we had to talk about was like there was a t-shirt with the no way home logo on it and it was available to purchase online and that was like all we had to talk about <laughs> look at where we are now for better or for worse we're here um i i i feel like this is kind of reads like patrick stewart's quote where it's he's just trying not to lie because i think that he knows that this is happening and he's just all he's saying is truthful truthful things it's important to him but i think he already knows whether we're getting a full trilogy i know that that's been discussed that seems a lot like this making that's a lot of movies this man is he's not 30 yet right he's gonna be entering his 30s uh he's got new phases of life to enter um but i i I don't want to see him stop playing spidey so but i i think that he already knows that this movie is going to happen Oh, absolutely. And as we've said on the show, you kind of have to get into that before Secret Wars. You cannot do the black suit moment if that if the last time we saw Peter Parker at all was in No Way Home. Like that would just be a very wild pivot to do. Um, So also on the Spidey front, uh, I feel like Jamie manifested this news. Um, We have some updates on the Spider-Man Noir TV series that is in the works for Prime Video. Um, Stephen Lightfoot, who worked on The Punisher, is set to be the kind of head writer and showrunner for this show. So, Jamie, how are you feeling? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Exciting. But if it's not Nick Cage, my excitement level is going to drop significantly. (laughs) Like, I love this character, but a part of the reason is because I love the way Cage voices him in the first Spider-Verse movie. Uh, You guys know how I feel about Nicolas Cage. He is my second favorite actor of all time. And uh, I, I can't imagine anyone else now playing that character, but setting aside my biased feelings (laughs) i do think this character is so juicy and and like there's so much that could be done that if i don't get what i want i will i will 
have to sit back and remember that it that does not mean it's not going to be good. It, I'm sure it'll be good because there's so much cool stuff they can do with this. So that's the mentality I'm in right now. I was going to say, if they hire a younger actor who like captures the essence of Nick Cage, like does the same sort of vibe, would you be content with that? I mean, you know, there's only one Nick, but uh, unless it's John Travolta wearing his face, <laughs> but other, than, uh, uh, but no, I think that yes, I think that if we get that kind of uh, broody, uh, you know, Porco Rosso attitude, I'll be, I'll be happy. Aaron, how do you feel about this? I mean, that that Punisher writer is busy. Aren't they working on Born Again too? Maybe. I think that was a different writer. Oh, it was a different but, writer. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, the Punisher team, eating good after these strikes. Like, they got all caught up off the bench. Like, come help make these more gritty, grounded versions of other Marvel things. And maybe one day they'll get to do their their own thing again. Maybe John Bernthal will get to be it again. That'd be funny. We're like, we're just going to make Johnny Spider-Man Noir. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. But I am rooting for Nick Cage to get it just so we can get Jamie to interview him. That's really, yes. that's what that's we're all dream. after. Yeah. <laughs> so we started talking about this before the show started, and then we had to actually start the countdown. But uh, we might as well have this debate here, because I guess it technically does tie into, like, Beyond the Spider-Verse and all of that. Because Nick Cage did an interview this week where he was like, he maybe has two or three movies left, and then he's not going to do movies anymore. Jamie, do you believe that? I feel like a year ago, he was like, I'm never slowing down. So... <laughs> Either something's going on that we don't know about that's not good, or I don't, I, I just can't believe it. This man ha makes like five movies a year and, and he likes it. And, uh, but uh, you know, there's also other reasons he, he kind of has to make movies um, for certain financial reasons. And, but maybe that, that chapter of his life is done. Maybe he's finally caught up with himself in that way. Um, but I just can't imagine a world where Nick Cage isn't pumping out movies all the time because we get at least one gem a year. I mean, my goodness, we got Dream Scenario this year. We got Massive Talent last year. We got Pig the year before. Like that, like people talk about how he like, oh, he makes these bad movies, but that's just because he makes a lot of movies. He made so many good movies. If I always say, like, if I could, we always have play that game. If you could only watch one actor's filmography for the rest of your life, who would it be? And mine would be Nick Cage because it's vast and there's so much and there's juice and I love him. I just can't, I, I, I'm in denial if this is true. I, I would expect nothing less. That was a perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, do you want to weigh in on that? Because I know you you prompted the debate before we had started recording. I, I just said, I'm like, if he's only going to do two or three, I'm like, man, you have to be really selective about what we get because everybody wants it to be in Secret War. So that's one right there. You know, everybody wants that. Um, Noir, is, I feel like he's going to be in Beyond Spider-Verse too, right? Because he's he the child yeah. of like the people going to save Miles at the end. Spoilers yeah. for a movie that came out six months ago. Uh, <laughs> so I... That'd be interesting. God bless this Amazon Spider-Verse stuff for still trying to just move forward despite everything else going on. Like that Silk series and this Spider-Man Noir series are just trying to carry carry the torch. All me and Jenna wanted was black and silver. That's all we really I wanted. Know. And it I, never happened. I am still mourning that movie every day of my life. Silver and black would have been so much fun. I, I just want to see those characters. I don't care where. I just need Silver Sable and Black Cat somewhere. And the fact that that still is never happening is just wild to me. 
Jen and Aaron, the chat want to yeah. know if you have an answer to uh, if you could only watch one filmography. I, I was going, I was going to cue that up because I, I love that question. Um, <laughs> I like, I have two answers, and I kind of want to say them both because it's like one is more of a like modern answer, and one is just more all-encompassing for like in terms of like a modern actor margot robbie like easily and oh. it's not just because i personally love so many of her movies but it's just like the the projects that she picks is are so fascinating and so like wide-ranging that that would be my answer but like in a more broad context i'm gonna say jane fonda because every single movie oh. of i adore barbarella is one of my favorite movies ever i just like every single little thing of hers that i find i just it's just a gem so her filmography yeah. is just a delight Jenna just has to keep watching Clute because it's like, like <laughs> it is on my DVR. It is recorded on my DVR to watch very soon. Um, really good. Yeah. So uh, those would be my two answers. Aaron, what about you? Uh, I I got I got Dizel probably. Mm. I'd imagine because mm. there's just such a weird difference of things. Like there's like stuff that's like very very serious people really enjoy, and then also like me making jokes about like a uh, flight and him just flying a plane smashed. Like a lot of, and by the way, a lot of this stuff was in my like film classes uh, when I was in school too. So I'm like, oh yeah, we just get to, you know, revisit Mississippi and Marsala for no reason. Um, and then I guess if I didn't, if, if I had two, probably will just because all that stuff was from when we were kids and it's just very fun and light, but there's also like very serious stuff in there as well. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to think about just one person's filmography forever like uh, there's a lot I mean, to consider tony like, picks uh, as picks james hong because it's so um, long it's such a big oh yeah like, he, like that's in his mind it's like more 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 but like i'm more of a rewatcher. i you know i can i can watch adaptation 10 times in a day and i'll be satisfied so I love that. I was going to say, like, I probably there's some character actor out there who you could technically pick and watch, like, the most wide swath mm -hmm. of movies possible. But yeah, this is such a fascinating question. Like, I've always heard it and I've never thought about it for myself. So I'm glad we could do all of that. Um, yeah. So uh, to kind of wrap things up for the show, uh, Aaron has a little theory, I guess we can call it, about King Dynasty. Yeah, um, I was thinking about after our hilarious, hilarious remembering our predictions episode from last week, which I go down in flames on. You should go watch <laughs> me and Jimmy be mortified by things that came out of our mouths. It was such a fun episode, though. Thank you, guys. Everyone who has listened to it and tweeted about it, thank you, because that was a joy to be a part of. <laughs> Every time I feel bad, I remember Jamie Drack telling me, you're smarter than them. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> um... <laughs> so I was thinking about prediction things and trying to piece together because a lot of these weird like nebulous reporting about Marvel things have weird rumors slash speculation in them that I'm like, where does all this disparate like speculation come from? And I remember us talking about, was it last week? Because so much stuff happens. Destin left Kang Dynasty last week, correct? The I think before, it, was, it was two, it was it was two week weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So him stepping away, and I remember Jenna being like, this is not even going to be Kang Dynasty. It's not even going to be that. It would be something else by the time we get to this point next year. And I probably agree just because all the smoke, you're sitting there like that dog in a house, and it's just like you cannot ignore it. Um, but I also thought about the weird rumors from that Variety article where they were talking about bringing back the original six and I was thinking, I'm like, well, what possible story could you do? Because I, I remember I made the joke of Brandon about Avengers Forever. And that's time travel. And you could bring them back that way. But 
it would also feel very much like Endgame. It'd be like, here's Endgame Part 2. Here's a thing that you remember. Don't you like this thing that you remember? <laughs> um, so I think as like a long shot, maybe what they were thinking about doing, and it's hilarious because it's come up in the comics in last year, and I'm sure Jenna can tell our viewers about it who are not familiar, but I think there's a slim, po- a very slim possibility. Like if, if you were thinking about doing an Avengers 5 that was not like Avengers Forever or whatever, or Avengers vs. X-Men. I know you're there, BD. Hi. <laughs> um, I think one of the things they would think about doing is uh, Heroes Reborn mm. and doing that. And that would solve all of a lot of the problems that people in our audience have had with a lot of this stuff. Because for those who are unaware, Aven- uh, Heroes Reborn is... Basically, Franklin Richards, Reed Richards' son, creates a pocket universe with different weird versions that are slightly like you remember, but also kind of not of the original Avengers. And that gives you a Chris Evans' Captain America that's kind of our Captain America, but not really. And Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, but not really. And it gives you possibly them having an incursion to deal with on their Earth. That would make you care about one of the other Earths because they're the actors we all like pay attention to and know and love. And I was like, what if that's what? Because it's been getting such a push in the comics the last year and a half that I'm like, what's with all? Not that I, I love being reminded of being nine years old. Okay, <laughs> I got. I was on eBay looking at Super Soakers two days ago, guys. Okay, like vintage <laughs> water guns for nice. no. Come reason. over. I know. I'm saying, shout out Lonnie Johnson. Um, sorry, Matt Reif, I took your shtick. Um, but yes, I, <laughs> I absolutely think that that might have been what, like, a, a sort of angle, like a pivot that they could have did. But I'm not sure. What do you guys think about that? I really like that. I, I also, because th- they, they did the Heroes Reborn originally, and then they did like a more modern one like a year and a half ago. And that right. one was really interesting because it was basically their attempt at doing like a DC amalgam of like a lot of the alternate versions that people mm-hmm. saw. My favorite bit from that, like my, my two favorite things were they had Gwen Stacy basically operating as like Burnside Barbara Gordon of like, yeah. when you kind of break it down, it's like Spider-Gwen and Batgirl over the past like 10, 15 years have a lot of similarities. And then and there was also a one shot where Peter Parker didn't have superpowers, but he was just basically the Jimmy Olsen of the universe and was just taking pictures of Hyperion, who was the Superman of this yeah. universe. Um, I could definitely see a version of that working. I also just selfishly, I'm always banging the drum of the Squadron Supreme. So any way to get them to work. I, <laughs> I tweeted I tweeted the day that Dustin like, was announced to no longer be involved with this movie. There's a version of Avengers 5 that could just be Avengers versus the Squadron and just them fighting. And I think that that would get us to care about another universe and would make it work yeah we wouldn't necessarily get the og six avengers in there but it would still be something but i do like your idea because i feel like that threads the needle of a lot of those things a lot of those things a lot of things jamie i I, this is interesting um you know when i think about the original six coming back i really think of it as more of a cameo i can't picture the six of them starring in another marvel movie mm-hmm. and a part of me loves the idea and is like yes because i love nostalgia but another part of me is like no we gotta move on because yeah. i think that like i think that's part of this this kind of sludge we're in right now is that they're just trying to figure that out and if they backtrack more again it's just going to put us back in the same position that it's been after endgame of certain people certain audiences just aren't aren't ready for new but like we got to get there somehow you know we've got to we've 
got to move on a little bit. And and I I love what we've seen for the most part. There's not a lot of stuff we've seen since Endgame that I didn't like, but it doesn't that doesn't change the numbers. And uh, and yeah, would that movie do really well? Probably. Um, but and I think it's a cool idea, and I would love it. But I can't. I really can't imagine all six of them. Being like, yep, I'm ready to star in another movie in just a couple of years. Uh, like Jenna said, but RDJ is going to get an Oscar nom soon. And ScarJo's looking to produce things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure uh, we'll we'll see. But I would be shocked. I, I, go ahead, Jane. No, because I, I agree with that. I also like we have to think about the Jeremy Renner of it all of like he's still in recovery and he like is still going to be acting and things. But we don't know like what capacity and what that's going to look like. And if that could be just, you know, a full on action movie again. I've always envisioned if the original six come back, it's literally just going to be to recreate the spinning moment. Circle from thing. Yeah, from 2012, just with like alternate versions of each of those characters. Like I it's this thing. And I've, I've mentioned this on the show before of just like I always have to have this cognitive dissonance and this understanding of like kids these days almost pre like they were born at like while the mcu was in the middle of its run they might have some sort of familiarity with iron man captain america all of the og6 avengers but like they have grown up in a world where the mcu was already started and so they might not have the like the absurd attachment that a lot of people our age and older do have and so i agree with jamie i think there's a way to get that little pop of nostalgia but not have it be the only thing because in the process you have the newer avengers you have the newer heroes and we need to foster them more yeah, uh, I would like to say real quick, some information Brendan. has come to light. Brendan. Uh, <laughs> Brendan in the comments has informed me that President Coulson exists in <laughs> So I'm going to go back and say, never mind. I want this exact thing. Now. Uh, forget everything I said. Forget all my thoughtfulness. Uh, I just want to say that. <laughs> Be like breaking news of that. That was so good. Oh, my God. Oh. I, I have no problem with the original plan of having all of our new Avengers just getting scraped by Kang and Avengers 5. I just want, I want people yeah. to know, I really like Phase 4 and most of what we've gotten. But I was just trying to figure out, like, how did this rumor thing come from? Like, what could they possibly have planned to do it? It just it just popped out as a me. I was like, they did this in the comics like four seconds ago. Like, okay. I also do think that Variety article, as we've said many times on the show, a lot of that was a grain of salt. Brilliant. So I, I don't doubt that, like, like, again, we've all known that those conversations are realistically going to happen or might already be happening. But I don't know. We, they might not even know what the story beat of that even looks like yet. Like, there's no way of knowing. Yeah, that's true. Also, John Brown wants to know, you, how do you feel about the Snyderverse cast as the Supreme cast? No, the press no, no, I, no, no, I, no. there. <laughs> I love the Squadron Supreme so much. For part of the problem is also some of the like strongest, most interesting members of the Squadron Supreme are characters that do not exist in the Snyderverse That's and did true. not exist on the Snyderverse Justice League. So you cannot do a straight one for one. I there is a iterate like he's yes, they're pastiches of the Justice League, but they all devolve into something so different from the characters that they are a pastiche of. So I would love an instance where you could have entirely new actors, maybe a couple where you're like poking fun at like, oh, that person has been on a shortlist for Superman three times and now they're playing Hyperion. Like you could have fun with it, 
but let new people come in and kind of put their stamp on it because I think that would be the best way to go. Do not taint my MCU with the Snyderverse. How dare you put that out into the world? I, I don't even think there is no universe in my mind where those actors would even want to do no. that. Like, I know Henry Cavill was like, yeah, maybe Hyperion. I don't know. But like that was at a, such a different time with what the DC universe was at, what his like Witcher and everything was at versus where we are right now. Can you imagine how angry Ben Affleck would be if you asked him to come back and do that? Can you imagine the dropping of the giant Dunkin' Donuts cup straight on the ground <laughs> as you ask him that question? And Jennifer being like, come on, hon, we're not doing that. Come on. We're, That's we're the done thing. I'd rather have Ben come back as Matt Murdock than as Nighthawk. Like that, there, there's another actor out there who could do a much better Nighthawk than Ben Affleck would want to do at this point in time. So yeah, no, no Snyderverse connection. Just, just make it entirely new people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this has been a very, very fun phase zero. Um, I, I've really enjoyed this, and I hope everyone else has too. Uh, Jamie, do you have anything to leave the audience with? Oh, you know, keep an eye out for that VFX interview that Aaron and I are doing. I'm excited for people to see it. Um, next week, we're going to do the rankings. <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I'm just putting this out there because I keep telling BD, I'm ready to rank the Fox verse. When are we doing that? I want to do that because we have not talked enough about those movies and I want to talk about them. Um, but yeah, I'm at Jamie Jarek on Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd. I feel, I feel like we need to save that idea for when we have like such a drought of content like sure. when when we're waiting for the one movie of 2024 i think that would it, it would lead into deadpool 3 nicely absolutely aaron do you have anything to plug uh, it's at someone like hornet on twitter and uh, are you sure we haven't talked about the, the fox verse enough I skipped the draft episode because I (laughs) oh yeah and and part of that was because I'm like I can't draft these movies people don't know how I feel about them I can't (laughs) play the game correctly I because I want to be out it to win but they don't know how I feel about these movies so I that's too stressful for me they don't know you guys don't know my favorite hey guess what here's a little tease here's a little drip my favorite movie of all my favorite Marvel movie of all time is in the Fox universe think about that wow that's a little tease I will say, like, there's no way your bracket in that instance would have been weirder than Jim's bracket. So I think you would have been fine. Um, I, ooh, I'm asking her about that off the off camera. I don't seriously. know what the heck she's talking about. I know. Um, I need I, to know. I mean, the people demand answers. Like, you know. Um, so that like, look out for our interview with that. Thank you guys for watching other interviews. All the spotlight interviews have been super, super fun. Uh, look out. I think this week. What are we what are we covering besides like more Brandon CX CCXP stuff that he sacrificed himself for? Go read all of our coverage of Fallout and Halo and all that stuff and 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 assorted grilled meats that Brandon Davis got to eat. <laughs> um and I'm at hey it's Jenalyn on social media. As always, go read some comics. There are new issues of Birds of Prey and Fire and Ice and a lot of other really great books this week. There's the Batman Santa Claus crossover, which is utterly delightful. Yeah, I really recommend really. that. Um and yeah, don't forget to follow Phase Zero on X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Don't forget to leave a five-star review. I promise when we are in a drought of content, we will do another episode where we read the five-star reviews and answer your questions. Um, And yeah, stay tuned for the bonus episode on Friday and play the show for your mom, play it for your dog. I still have not done this whole bit that BD does, but you know what? You know what the deal is. So stay tuned for the bonus episode on Friday and we will see you next Wednesday.